Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Let's go into the Word today. I, I, I love this Word because this Word today, if I titled it, Rebuilding Now You. Rebuilding You Now. Rebuilding You. I love this. If you had this on your notes, now spelled backwards is one. Now spelled backwards is one. If you start now to rebuild, you can win. You have to start now. I always say you start putting one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. If you start putting one foot in front of the other in your personal life, trying to rebuild, sooner or later you will repair and rebuild your life to the fullness of God has for you. The worst thing that Christians can do is put yourself in park, and that's why the Bible says when you put yourself in park, what happens, you become lukewarm, and if you can become lukewarm, you know and I know that you don't like coffee out that is lukewarm, you're going to say, hey, Rhonda, warm this up or you're going to throw it away. And God wants us to be boiling hot for him. He just wants us to keep going. But you know what? Listen, when you turn on that coffee pot, Rhonda has to come here at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm talking about Rhonda because this, this applies to what I'm talking about. She has to come here at 8 o'clock in the morning to have that re- that coffee ready by the time you get here because it takes over an hour and some to heat that coffee up. It's the same way with us. Sometimes in our life, our process in life, it doesn't happen over night. It's always putting one foot in front of the other, walking towards the dreams, the goal, the the purpose in your life. You have to start walking and you have to start doing what God has called you to do. Last week we talked about rebuilding and staying anchored with Christ in your purpose, courage, worship, and the church. We talked about your purpose. Stay to your purpose. God is never shaken by the storms and circumstances that are going on in your life. And your purpose, you got to get this, your purpose never changes in who you are. You are always going to be a great father. You are always going to be a great mom. You are always going to be a great kid. You're always going to do the, your purpose is always going to stay the same. You were created to worship God first and foremost, but if you're parents, your purpose is what? To be a great dad, a great mom, and you know what? We're going to have the highs and lows in our life, but it never changes your purpose. Another one we talked about is this. Ask yourself this question. Is what you're hooked to stronger than what you go through? Is what you're hooked to stronger than what you go through? I don't know you, but the Bible says that there's that little song, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I am hooked to the rock of my salvation, which is Jesus Christ. In him I live and I move and I have my being. In him there's life and life more abundantly. In him there's strength and power. In him and my weakness, God, you're made strong. That's what I'm hooked to. I want you to check this out. It's been 100 years since the deadly 1919 tornado that ripped through Fergus Falls. KVRR's Angela Shen shows us how the Ottertail County Historical Society is commemorating those lost in the cyclone. As the bells ring across town, people stop to remember what happened on June 22, 1919 at 4.45 p.m. What's a serene Lake Alice today was one of the hardest hit areas by the Twister, the second deadliest in Minnesota history. This was the most impactful event on the history of Fergus Falls. It covered the water with a pile of debris and left many parts of town completely flattened. 
Grand Hotel is flatter than a pancake. Peggy Reidenauer's great-grandmother was killed in the storm. Reidenauer traveled to Fergus Falls all the way from Iowa just to go on the Ottertail County Historical Society's tour. I've always said to my friends, oh, my great-grandma was killed in a tornado. You know, that was always something I'd pull out of my pocket and share with people. Yeah, so it, there is a sort of amount of um, uniqueness to that. Those on the tour learn about the many people who came a century before them. Community is about history, and I know younger people are interested in establishing community, but without the history, you exist in a vacuum. That history is still embedded in the landscape. Many neighbors have found debris in random places, attributing it to the tornado. Blown over the Union Avenue Bridge. But for Ridenauer, the focus was more about the generations who created her family tree. My grandma and grandpa really did not discuss a lot of that stuff, so really it was a mystery. Her great-grandmother's son and half-sister were among the dozens killed and her children were injured pile of rubble. The memorial is really, really neat. It makes yeah. me feel really happy that those people um, are memorialized and recognized. It really shows the total devastation of a community and how it responded. In the face of tragedy, leaning on one another is what community members do best. I think it definitely gave people a sense of purpose, a sense of responsibility, uh, just to buckle down and improve the community. Even a century later, that message still rings through Fergus Falls. Angela Shen, KVRR Local News. The cyclone was classified as an F5, which is the most severe level of tornado. And the Lake Alice Cyclone Tour was just one of many tours the Ottertail County Historical Society offers. They also do tours of downtown Fergus Falls and the State Hospital, among many others. The Historical Society Museum has, has exhibits on life a century ago in Ottertail County. One woman who lives in Fergus Falls says she's gone on about a dozen tours with the organization over the past 10 years. It's, it's history, you know, some people probably don't really care a whole lot about knowing that kind of stuff, but it, it's, it's where I'm from. It's just, it's fun to be able to know what people experienced and what this community used to be like. For more information on the Historical Society Museum and their tours, Visit KVRR.com and click on this story. Now, let me ask you, how many knew about that twister? Any of you? When I was studying and looking up tornadoes, I found that, and I came up upon that, and I thought, wow, that really hits home. How many maybe are from Minnesota? Doesn't that hit home? That is maybe where you're from, and that is maybe a place that you recognize or a place that you're familiar with. And it brings now maybe some thoughts to your mind that, man, that hits home. And in life, tornadoes are going to come to your home. And what I mean by your home is you. Just like this tornado really hit home to some of you because you're from Minnesota, all of us are going to go through tornadoes in life. We're going to have highs and lows. And when a tornado comes through, what does it do? It devastates. It ruins. It destroys. It rips apart. Right now, in our society, are we not in a tornado? With all what's going on in our society right now, it's ruining, it's ripping apart, it's bringing anger, it's bringing separation, it's bringing division, it's bringing murmuring, it's bringing complaining amongst the, our world, amongst our communities, amongst our societies. All these things because of what's happening within our world with COVID-19 and all the other events. But you know what? With all this happening in our society, I want you to get this, with all this happening in our society, guess who it's affecting? It's hitting home. 
you. It's hitting home. It's hitting you. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, if you have your notes, I want to really get into this this morning, talking about hitting home, rebuilding you. Some of you need to rebuild you. You have been a mess. You've been in uh, tension and stressed out. I always tell people I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed because I know who my God is. I know who I'm anchored to. But a lot of times people are so stressed out by what's going on in our society and our world, and it's affecting you personally. Amen? In First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says this, be alert. I love that first word. It says be alert and be sober mind. Your enemy, what's the devil, prowls around like a lion, roaming lion, looking for someone to devour. That someone is you. You got a bullseye. The moment, I want you to get something. The moment you accept Jesus Christ into your life, let me ask you something. Let me tell you something. You have a bullseye on the back of you right now. If you didn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you didn't accept him as your Lord and Savior, the enemy has no value about you. He doesn't care about you. He's already got you where he wants you. Now he's going to get you. But the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a bullseye painted on the back of you. And that bullseye is the enemy that the enemy is trying to always shoot at and bring you down and discourage you and defeat you. Why? Because you're on the good side. You're on the winning team. You're on God's side. And if God is for you, who can be against you? And the enemy doesn't like that you are on God's side. So what he's going to do, he's always going to try to shoot that bullseye to make you come back over to the dark side. We'll talk about Star Wars here, buddy, right? Come over to the dark side. He's a Jurassic Park guy too, right? But then he goes on to say, now watch this in verse 9. Resist him. Resist him. How many of you know it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to resist, you know? When the enemy comes in, man, he comes in ferociously. A lot of times, man, with attacks and this, that, and the other thing, it's hard to resist those things. Sometimes it's easier to give in than to resist it or to fight against it. So that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to wear you down and make you give up and quit and so that you will finally stop resisting and say, okay, I surrender. And sometimes in our lives, it's easier to surrender than it is to fight. Isn't that right? So it says, what's the use? I'm just going to give in? But the Bible says resist him. And he says this, standing firm in the faith. How many of you know that how you do is that, God, I'm going to resist him by standing firm in the faith. What is standing firm in the faith? The trusting God. That, God, I'm going to resist what's going on, first and foremost, Lord, that I'm going to trust you. It's hard to trust someone, especially God, when you're going through the troubles. What happens a lot of times when you're going through troubles, instead of trusting, we, sometimes we do this. God, I trust you, but. How many know what I'm talking about? And so he says, standing firm in the faith, God, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken by what is going on around me. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to give up my faith. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand firm and believe your word is true, that it's going to transform me, change me, and it's going to pull me through the situations of life. Then he goes on to say, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So 
Here's what, Paul, what he's saying, Peter is saying. He said, listen, a lot of times what the enemy does, now you've got to get this in your heart. A lot of times what the enemy does when you're going through a battle, have you ever said this before? Have you ever done this to yourself and said this to yourself? Why am I always going through this? Why am I the only one that ever seems to go through this? Why is this battle always about me and no one else seems to go through this? Let me tell you, that is the greatest, deadliest attack that the enemy wants you to believe. Leave. Listen, the enemy doesn't tire. He's not a respecter of person. If you're going through it, your neighbor is going through it. They may look like they have this and that together, but let me tell you, the enemy is after anyone and everyone who has the bullseye on their back, and he's going to try to bring them down. The reason why he wants you to single you out and make you feel like you're the only one, because he wants you to be in isolation. He knows that 10 against 1 is not a fair fight. So when the enemy comes against you, he comes with legions, which means many. And so what he does, he attacks you with legions. If you ever think about legions, legions means different devils or different things. So how does the enemy attack? He comes at you with voices. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? He comes to attacks you with your finances. He comes against you with your marriage. He comes against you with your job. The many different legions, the many different enemies that the enemy tries to come against you with. But you have to stand firm that, God, I trust you knowing that, God, you're with me. So when you think about this, ask yourself this question. Are you standing alert? Are you alert? Are you alert to the things that the enemy is going on in your life? So you have to ask yourself this question. Are you letting down your guard? You see, when you stop being alert, the first thing that happens is you start letting down your guard. You see, are you alert or are you letting down your guard? Are you softening in your stance with God? Are you softening in your word? Are you giving in? Are you caving in under pressure? Another one is this. Are you listening to the voice of fear? A lot of times what happens is when the enemy comes in, he wants us to get into panic mode. He wants us to get in fear. You know what fear is? False evidence appearing real. Appearing real. That is not necessarily the facts. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you, man, when I was a young man, I'll never forget the first time, and maybe you can relate to this, the first time I got to stay home all by myself. How many remember that day? The first time you ever got to stay home by yourself? I, Gary, I remember that day. I got to stay home all by myself. And I kid you not, true story, I'm not exaggerating by any stretch of the imagination. I was so cool when my mom and them were leaving. Yeah, mom, I got everything under control. Yeah, I'm all right, mom. I'm cool. I'm all right. As soon as they went out the door, guess what I did? I went up to my bedroom. And this is a true story. I went and pulled out my Louisville slugger. I got my bat, and I stayed right in the living room, and I sat on a chair, and I was like, you come on now. And I thought I was cool, and I'm telling you, kid you not, true story, every time there was a sound, it seemed to magnify itself. What's that? Man, I'm going to get it. And I, I mean, I, my first time being home, I was a paranoid Floyd. And I worked myself up in a tizzy. The time my mom got home, I was like, I made it. But I was so afraid. And I thought all these things were going to happen. And you know what? The things that we sometimes fear the most never do happen. And we made a movie and we have a big script about what we feared and it never happened. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to write a script in your life. And the script that he wants to write in your life is fear. Fear will paralyze you and stop you from progressing in the things of God. And it will make you pull down your guard. I surrender. And I'll never forget, man, I had that Louisville slugger in my hand. 
Come on, you turkey head. I'm going to knock you out. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? When Home Alone came out, that movie, that was me. Right? Here's another one. Are you letting down your guard? Are you wavering in your faith? Are you up and down? Are you wavering in your faith? Do you love God one day when he pulls you through and you hate him the next when he doesn't? You see, it's easy to sing the blues when you're down. And it's easy to sing a happy tune when you're happy. You see, you got to remain steadfast on your faith. That God, I'm let nothing move me. I'm not going to be shaken off my faith. My faith is established. Your word is established forever. And, Lord, I'm going to anchor myself to you like we talked about. What are you anchored to? Are you this? Another one. Are you feeling like you want to quit? How many of you have ever said this to yourself? You want to throw in a towel. You want to quit. Maybe you're ready to throw in the towel now. Maybe you're ready to say, no, I'm done with this. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to throw you off. He wants to get you off alert. He wants to get you off attention. He wants to get you off the point A, and he wants you to quit. Another one is this. Are you becoming negative in your talk? Ooh, think about that. Are you becoming negative in your talk? Now, this is where I want to get to. Are you becoming negative and you're talk- How many of you know your words have either power or life and death? How many of you know that your words a lot of times prophesy your future? And what things that you say can prophesy your future? I always say this when I was growing up, we used to have a little ghetto rhyme. It said, twinkle, twinkle, little star, what you say is what you are. And we used to say that all the time, twinkle, twinkle, little star. What you say is what you are. And what we'd say is when people, so young people, if they cut you down at school, if they cut you down and say bad things about them, turn around and say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. What you say is what you are. That's how we reverse the curse. And they try to put that on me. No, what you say is what you are. And a lot of times what we say is what we become. You're prophesying your future by what comes out of your mouth. So if you say, hey, you're going to live life to the fullest, guess what? You're going to start walking towards that life of the fullness. But if you start putting yourself down, I'm a loser, I'm this, I'm that, guess what you're going to start gravitating to? You see, listen, the biggest area the enemy loves to attack is your mind, your thoughts, and your words. Joyce Meyer came out with the book, The Battlefield of the Minds. How many of you ever read that book before? Man, I'll tell you, we did a Bible study on that. I think I've done that Bible study three, or, uh, three times for sure, possibly four. The Battlefield of the Mind. Because how many of you know the enemy's greatest attack is right here? He loves to attack your mind. It's like I said last week. Everything starts with a thought. A thought turns into a seed. A seed turns into a tree. A tree produces what? Fruit. And everything starts with a thought. I don't know about you, but how many have ever had this happen to you? You can be laying in bed. You can be laying in bed, and I'm ready to go to bed, and I'm just watching TV or whatever with my wife, and all of a sudden this thought comes to my mind. How many have ever had this happen to you? Go get some ice cream. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And I'm sitting there fighting that thought off. No, I don't want to. I'm not on a diet. People on a diet, try it, Right? But that thought keeps stronger and stronger and stronger until finally I go get that butter pecan ice cream. But you see what I'm saying? It started with a thought that that thought motivated me to go get the butter pecan ice cream. And that's what happens with the enemy. 
He starts out subtle. Always remember, if the enemy would always give you a black eye and punch you in the face right off the bat, guess what? You'll be alert to that. But the enemy's tactics and his schemes and his ways is always subtle. And it starts with a thought. Oh, you're a loser. So what do you do? You start expounding on that. I'm not only a loser, I'm no good. I'm not only a loser and I'm not only good. I'm, man, I'm awful. You see how you just keep adding to that and that's how the enemy loves to do that. So these negative signs are signs of letting down your guard. Let me ask you something. What's coming out of your mouth? Listen, I love this. Your mind thinks it, then your mouth speaks it. What's coming out of your mouth that your mind is saying? Flip Wilson used to have a little comedy. He was a, com a comedian, Flip Wilson. I know I'm dating myself, but one of his lines that Flip Wilson always used to say is, the devil made me do it. And a lot of times what happens is we use that as an excuse of what comes out of our mouth. But the Bible says, overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. you got to be careful about what comes out of your mouth because what comes out of your mouth, you will prophesy your future and you're going to start walking towards that what you say. You know, when I uh, do a lot of counseling and I hear a lot of things from all different, from young age to seniors to middle-aged people, I hear always their story. And you know how their story starts? It starts with a dear John. And then that dear John takes off and says, dear John, my husband is a loser. Man, my husband is this. And then they write the script of how bad their husband or their wife or their kids, and they start writing out their script. And time they get into me, they got a period at the end of the story where they're ready to quit. And what I do is I try to interrupt their story and bring them back into focus. You see, broken focus, get this, broken focus in your life will bring you down. And what broken focus is, is anything that is contrary to the Word of God. So this is, when you have this positive mindset, you cannot be defeated. One of the greatest compliments I received the other day, and he's here today. Where's Neil at? Neil, are you here? Where you're at? Neil? Wilson? Neil Wilson's here. I thought He's here. I saw him, he's probably back by the pizza place. But you know what? One of the greatest compliments a couple Wednesdays ago, uh, man, that I could receive is not that I was a great pastor or this, that, and the other thing or this, that. You know one of the greatest compliments that I could possibly receive? He put his arms around me out front there by the fireplace. Patty's here, his wife. He put his arms around me, yeah, Patty, right there. And he put his arms around me and said, Pastor CJ, he said, you are one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. You know what that did to me? That made me feel like NBC, proud of the peacock. <laughs> you know why? Because that's the greatest compliment that you could possibly receive. It's not what I can do or what I can give, but it's because what's coming out of me is radiating in someone else's life.
You see, joy or excitement is contagious. Excitement breathes excitement. And if you want people to get excited around you, you want your cat to start purring, you're going to pet it. You want your husband or your wife to start purring, you got to speak to it. you got to pet it. And you pet it with the words of encouragement and love. And I'm telling you, when he said that to me, I like, mm, meow, meow, meow. Man, I was like, I love you, buddy. Oh, I'm in cloud. The reason being, guys, listen, because your words, words edify and build up and tear down. Listen, a negative mindset will limit your life. You know what a negative mindset does? It boxes you in from your future. It builds you into a prison of what you're not supposed to be in. You're going to run up against it. Boom. You're going to run. Boom. It's all because this is your prison. This is the walls. This is the things that you said that you built yourself around. So whenever you try to go forward, you're going to run into the. You said you were no good. You said you'll never make it. You said you're a loser. And every time you're walking into walls, and that's why you're confined, and that's why you're frustrated. You're like a dog that's cooped up and, man, chained up. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. Listen, we all have tough times, but the right mindset is not, I love this, but the right mindset is, this is not permanent. It's only temporary. That's the way you got to look at. That this is not permanent. How many ever said this before? I'm never making, I'm going under, I'm doomed. Well, guess what? You made it, you're here. But at the time, you probably said, I'm never going to make it. I'm doomed. I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be doing, able to do this. And you thought you were going under, but you guess what? You went over. You were not an over. Uh, you, not, you were not overcome, but you were an overcomer. And that's God saying to you, "Listen, what you thought was going to happen, I have a better plan for you." I love what Proverbs eighteen verse twenty one says. It says this. It says, "The tongue." The tongue has the power of life and death. If you read in James, it says the Bible says your tongue is like a rudder. It steers a ship. That little rudder can steal a sh- uh, steer a ship. He said your tongue is like a rudder or has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So your tongue has the power of life and death. And a lot of times, listen, you're speaking death to your life. You're speaking death to your situation. Every time that you start speaking death, that means like you're saying you're a loser, you'll never make it, I'm no good. Guess what you're doing? You're piling up dirt on you. And the deeper the hole gets, the stronger the the stronghold becomes in your life, the harder it's going to be to get out. And you eat the fruit thereof. And I I love this. The tongue has the power. the, The tongue only speaks what the mind tells it to. What's in your mind? What thoughts are in your mind right now? What are you thinking? Is your mind full of anger? Is your mind full of hatred? Is your mind full of bitterness? You see, that's exactly the mindset or the trap the enemy wants to get you in, folks. And we forfeit the abundance of the blessings that God has for our lives if we're walking in that kind of mindset. Listen, your mind and your thoughts control your emotions. I mean, that's true. You're happy, you're going to sing a happy tune. If you're sad, you're going to sing the blues. Your mind controls your emotions. You wonder why you're up and down. Maybe you've got to pay attention to what's coming through your mind right now. Maybe you're listening to a lie. Maybe you're listening to something that's bringing destruction. 
your feelings and your joy level. Think about that, your joy level. When you're always focused on the negative, guess what it's doing? It's sucking out your joy tank. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord, your strength. So if the joy of the Lord, your strength, that's what's being absent from you. God in his presence. Because if you are emptying yourself out, guess what? It's going to be filled with one or the other. It's either going to be filled with the joy of the Lord by you worshiping and praising and honoring God and focusing on God, or it's going to be filled with the other, the negative. That's why the Bible says you can't put new wine in old wineskins unless it bursts. You got to clean yourself and say, God, my focus is on you. God, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to praise you. I'm not going to allow my joy tank to be empty. Many believers are eating rotten fruit because what's going, what's coming out of their mouth. Man, many of us are eating rotten fruit and you're not liking it. it, it, it and you got to be careful. And I, Folks, listen, your pastor wants you to start rebuilding, and you start rebuilding right here. You start right here. And it goes on to say, it's not your circumstances that make you negative. It's not your circumstances that make you negative. Watch this. It's your attitude or mindset about your circumstances. It's your attitude. Man, I don't know about you, but every time when I'm faced, I call problems. I don't look at problems and call them problems. I call them opportunities. And that's how I look at things in life. I call things opportunities. When I'm going through a struggle in my life, I don't say I got this major thing. I say I got an opportunity to go through this obstacle. And I have to change my mindset. I don't look at the circumstances that let it defeat me. I look at the God who defeats it. You see? So you got to redirect yourself. Look at that. I love this one. Some of us need a checkup from the neck up. You know what they say? They say it's an 18-inch syndrome. This is true. From here to there, that's 18 inches. You can measure. Take out a ruler. I did. 18 inches. It's called the 18-inch syndrome. A lot of things that get right from here get into here. When it gets into here, guess what? It pollutes you. Because what does the heart do? It pumps the blood through the top of your head to the tips of your toes. It pumps it through your body. And a lot of times what happens is you're pumping the negative things from the crowns of your head to the soles of your feet. The checkup from the neck up, 18-inch syndrome, watch what you're saying to this because it goes in here. Your heart is the container of your emotions, your feelings, and your words. In Romans chapter 12, I love what he says. Romans chapter 12, Paul is saying there, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. The Bible says we are of the world. Now get this, we are of the world, but we don't have to be a part of the world. We are of the world. All of us are of the world, but we don't have to participate. We don't have to do the things of the world. We're of the world, but we don't have to be part of the world. That's why the Bible says in Corinthians, come out from among them, touch no unclean things, and I shall receive you. We're of the world, but we don't have to be a part of the world. We are pace setters. We are examples. We are the light of the world. How can people see Jesus if we're being a part of the world and not separating ourselves, right? Then he goes on to say, he said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, get rid of the stinking thinking. Get rid of those grave clothes. Get rid of those things that are hindering you. Get rid of the rotten fruit. Get rid of the words that you're prophesying your future that is bringing harm to your life. Get rid of those things. 
Then he says, then you will be able. Now check this out. Once you get the clutter and the noise out of your mind, it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, let me ask you, what noise is ringing in your ears right now? What noise is in your mind right now? What distraction is going on in your life right now that's pulling you away from the things of God? And you've got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it really worth it, man, to take my joy and to lose my zeal and my fire and my passion? You see, it's harder, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. When you smile, your endorphins, man, they light up, and it physically helps you. It heals your body. The Bible says laughter is like good medicine. Let me ask you, have you taken your medicine today? Have you taken your medicine? My granddaughters, man, they're funny. I don't know how to do them, but, man, they don't know how to text yet. And so what they do is they send me emojis. Man, hundreds of different emojis. I kid you not. You should see my text, man. I get a bit, half a page of my whole phone page, right? I said, Zion, I love you, I love you, I love you. But you know what she sends me? Smiley faces. Because I'm happy. Happiness is the truth. You don't know that neither, right? Murray knows that. Come along and dance with me because happiness is the truth. Because I'm happy. You know what I'm there. Right, but look at what is the patterns of this world. Now watch this. When, when Paul says, be transformer, take a, be distant from the patterns of this world, maybe sometimes you don't realize, and this is what the enemy does, sometimes we don't realize that we're walking in these patterns. Maybe for us it's just common sense or common ways. But these are patterns, and here they are. Always complaining. Are you always complaining? Isn't that what the world does? Isn't that exactly what the world does? So what makes us any different? That's why the Bible says what? That be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, do not take on the patterns of this world. But maybe we're taking on the patterns of this world and we're not realizing that we're taking them on. And that's how, again, the enemy works. He works in subtle ways. Always complaining. Watch this. Always negative. Man, why can't you do that right? Why can't you do this? Why can't you know they say that every time you put somebody down, you have to give that person five compliments to build them back up. So one negative equals five positive. It destroys a person when you're always putting them down and being negative. You're cutting them to pieces. And you wonder why maybe there's no life. Maybe there's no zeal in relationships. Maybe you cut the feet off another by being negative. Cutting them down, putting them down. Got to watch that. Another one is this. Always upset. Always mad at the world. Always just mad. At, let me ask you, are you walking around with, man, your fist clenched? With your fist clenched and always mad? Shaking your fist at the world? Man, just always mad. Cheryl and I, the other day, we were out walking at Voyager Village on one of our ski trails. Michael, we were walking on our ski trail, and uh, man, we were just walking, just thought it was no big deal. And all of a sudden, this skier come by, and he's skiing on his cross-country skis, and he stops. Out of no apparent reason, he stops, and he starts chewing us out. What? I mean, what? You're not supposed to be walking on these ski trails. You're supposed to be on skis. You're not supposed to. We're like, huh? Who, who gave you permission to... 
And I'm like, dude, just like that, he got so upset. And I mean, he just, Michael, he went unglued. And I always say Michael because Michael lives out there too. And he went unglued on us. And I thought, man, this guy must have some problems in his life. Because hurting people hurt people. And if you're hurting, what is our natural thing to do? We want to get upset. We want to be a dog. It could be the greatest dog in the world, but until it gets a thorn in its foot, guess what it's going to do? It's going to latch out at you. And sometimes what's happening is you've got a thorn in your foot that you need to let go of. And that thorn could be anger, always upset, always judging. Why do we take on the pattern of this world? Because it's easy to judge others instead of ourselves. It's easy to judge others and look at others and blame them and put the finger on them and they're this and that instead of looking at ourselves. And that's what. And then another one is always critical. Always critical about this, that, and the other thing. Always upset and critical. Let me ask you, those are the patterns of the world. And the Bible says that we're supposed to come out from among them, that we're supposed to be different. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 14.2 that we're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to be separated from that. How can the world know any different about Jesus if we ourselves are maybe walking in the patterns of this world? What the, God wants us to do is be a church that's walking in the light of Christ, that God let people see Jesus in me and nothing more. You are Jesus incarnated. Listen, we as believers are founded in our faith, trust in our belief in God that everything is going to work out. God, I, I trust you, God. I trust you. To be transformed means to what? Be turned inside out from the old way of thinking to a new way of thinking. God, uh, transform me. Change me. Maybe some of you have been derailed. Maybe some of you have been derailed in what God wants to do in your life. You prophesied the pain in your life and you asked for it, you got it. The renewing of your mind means taking a new mindset and a new thought process. When, you, when you're positive, you're passing the test. You're saying, God, I trust you. I know you are fighting my battles. This is how we fight my battles. This is how we fight our battles, through Christ. God, you're fighting my battles. If you are not happy where you are, you won't get to where you want to be. Because you're going to be limited. You're going to be caught in that circle of negative. Boom. 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 Can't break out of that invisible wall. When I wrote that, I was reminded of my son. My son had one of those invisible fences for his dog to not run out of his house. He lives in, in Lakeville. So he put it all around his yard. And, you know, you have a collar on your dog, right? And so you turn the collar on the dog, and if he gets close to that thing and it crosses over, what does it do? You know, and he runs back in the yard, right? Well, one day, the dog jumped in the car with my son. And my son went down the road, didn't think anything about it. You know what happened? All the way down the road. My dog, my brother, my son's going, CJ's going, what is wrong with you, you turkey head? Well, that shock thing was... So finally my son realized, oh, man, I got to stop. So he pulled over, took that bad boy off the dog, and then brought the dog back home. You know, that's kind of like a lot of us sometimes. You never get to where you want to go because 
you're stuck. And whenever you cross over, you're getting shocked. I got to move quickly. I love this. Watch this. Positive people have made up their minds to enjoy life. They focus on the possibilities and not the problems. They made up their mind. It's a choice. I make up my mind. I am determined to do that. I love this. Happiness is all about your approach to life. One man gets up and says, Good morning, Lord. The other man gets up and says, Oh, Lord, it's morning. Which person are you? You control what kind of day you're going to have. You're as happy as you want to be. You're as happy as you want to be. It's not your circumstances that keep you unhappy. It's how you approach them. It's not your circumstances that keep you unhappy. It's how you approach them. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, and I know i got to get through this. Watch this. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Each one of us have been raised. Aren't you glad that you're forgiven? Aren't you glad you're redeemed? Aren't you glad you're set free? Aren't you glad you're washed in the blood? Aren't you glad that he that the sun sets free is free indeed? I don't know about you, but I'm glad. So because I'm raised with Christ and forgiven, look what he said. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Oh, you know why he says that? Because when you set your things on things above, you're going to realize that when you're going through the problem and you got your eyes on Christ, guess what he's doing when you focus on God? He's making intercessor for you. He's praying for you. He's helping you through the problems and the dilemmas of your life. Just keep looking up. I always say when you look up, you're going to smile. When you look down, you're going to frown. You got to look up to smile. You got to look up to keep focused on Him, knowing that God, I don't understand what's going on. You listen, you stay in your lane. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stay in your lane because when you get out of your lane, you're going to have an accident. Stay in who God called you to be. Rejoice and bloom where you're planted. Man, celebrate life right where you're at. Let God know that, God, I'm a king's kid. I'm special. I'm prized, man. You're, I'm the first grand champion at, at a state fair. Man, I'm a great cattle. I'm a great sheep. I'm a great chicken. Whatever it may be, I'm a grand champion for God. That's what you got to do. Then he goes on, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Your life follows your thoughts. You're drawing in what you're thinking about like a magnet. If you ever take magnets and you turn them around backwards, what do they do? They push away from each other. That's what transforming your mind does. The magnet draws in the negative, but when you transform your mind, it pushes you away. That's what transforming does. Choose to dwell on the thoughts that empower you, inspire you, and encourage you to have faith, hope, and joy. When your mind is filled with thoughts of faith, hope, and victory, you will draw in the good things of God. Now, I, these, I close with this, these three Ds for success. I uh, obviously am an athlete, and I got this from Terrell Owens. He was a great receiver for Dallas Cowboys, the 49ers, Terrell Owens. 
and if you know Terrell Owens, he's now in his 40s, almost bumping 50. The man is chiseled. I mean, he's still got a six-pack. I always say, I'm going, I'm, I got a six-pack to the eight-pack. I'll let you know I'm never going to come back, you know. I once had a keg, but I got a six-pack to the eight-pack. I'll let you know it's never going to come back. Well, he, he is chiseled. And he, man, he can play football still today, Terrell Owens. But he has these three Ds that he uh, prides himself on, and it's like desire. He says, the first thing I have to do is I have to have a desire. And that desire for us is a desire for your thinking to change your attitude and your conduct. That I have a desire to change my thinking, my attitude, and my conduct. You see, God said he'll grant you the desires of your heart. And if you make that a desire in your life, that God, I have a desire to change my thinking, my attitude, and my conduct, guess who's going to come alongside and join hands with you? God, because he grants you the desires of your heart. He don't give you your wishes. He gives you your wants. He gives you your desires. Another one is this, dedication. Dedication to work on my thinking process each day. I'm going to be dedicated. Before you say anything, bite your tongue. Watch what you say. Sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never harm. They do hurt, right? Discipline. Not quitting. you got to be disciplined. Not quitting, even, even when you make a mistake. How many know we're all going to make mistakes? I'll tell you, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, All have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. If you look at my Bible, my name is there. Make mistakes. It's time to rebuild you by changing your mindset and your attitude towards life and others. Will you stand with me this morning? How you know we need a checkup from the neck up? We need to change our attitude. We need to change our lifestyle. Many times we're forfeiting the blessings in our lives because of what we're prophesying out of our mouths. And as your pastor, I want to see this church succeed. I want to see you succeed. You see, listen, one of the greatest things that happened for me is watching you prosper. I get so thrilled when I see people like you prosper because that tells me that God is moving in our congregation. But sometimes we lose that. And I want to encourage you, zip it if it's not productive in your life. Be careful what you say. You call the balls and strikes. You're the gatekeeper of what you let in and what you let out of your mouth. Your mind. Gotta be, man, Lord, transform my mind. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. I'm not going to call you forward, but I want to pray with you. Because I know God put this in my heart. As every head is bowed and eyes are closed, no one looking around, you say, Pastor, you're talking to me today. Will you pray for me? I'm not going to call you forward. I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at, not even call out your name. But you say, Pastor, you're talking about me today. I, re I need to renew my mind, my attitude, my thoughts. If that's you, lift your hands up. Hands are going up all over this, all over this place. Holy cow. Wow. Look at this. All over this place. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. There's probably 30 or so hands, if not more. Amen. You may put them down. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that right now, in Jesus' name, that we make a choice, God, to rejoice. We make a conscious decision to guard our thoughts, our minds, our words, Lord, that we make a conscious decision that we do the three Ds, dedication, desire, and discipline. 
that we have a desire to change, dedication to keep in there, and discipline not to quit. And I pray in Jesus' name that right now, for those 30 or more hands that were raised, that God, you would touch them right now. Transform them from the inside out. Change them. Rearrange their thought process, their thinking, God. And Lord, I pray that they will think upon whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is holy, whatever is pleasing. Philippians 4, verse 8. And Lord, verse 9 says, then they will put it into practice. And I pray that, God, that will be so for these today. Let the joy of the Lord dwell within them, rise up within them, and let them choose life each day. I thank you, and I praise you. Bless each person here today, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.